0: What's going on, guys? Alex Schlinski here for the Get More Client Show. Hope you are doing well. As always, join with my co-host, Brian Downer. How you doing, buddy? Well, I was doing better until you made fun of me for drinking coffee, so. He was saying that it was to get this down. there was a need, need to, to coffee. get this down. So let's, uh, let's see what the audience says about that. <laughs> Anyways, guys, it's so great to have you as always. Thank you so much for being here. Today, we're going to be talking about the actual costs of running a seven figure marketing agency or coaching program, if you like. A lot of people out there are always talking about how to make 10K a month. We're talking about how to get to 84K a month, which is the recurring revenue number needed to make a million dollars a year. Now you might already be at 84K a month, You might already be at more than 84K a month or you might be halfway there. Wherever you're at, you'll really learn from this call today or this podcast because ultimately we're going to be breaking down are the things that you need to have employee wise to ensure they're able to scale this way. There's not one agency I've ever seen or coaching program that I've ever seen that's one person making 84K a month and then they have all the profit. And if they do, they're probably working 20 of 24 hours a day, which is obviously not possible. So we're going to be diving into this. If you have not yet watched the Path to 84K video, we have a free course training on this. This used to be one of our major uh, course elements in our year-long program called Scale 7. We just realized how much impact it has, even to people that are not working with us, that we had to share it. It's a 55-minute training we did, I think, um, middle of 2020, uh, and it's still extremely just as valuable today, and it will still be just as valuable in five years from now. It's just a process of where you need to go from zero to 20, 21 to 50, and 51 to 84. And Brian and I have shared this a bit in previous Get More Client shows and previous uh, videos we've done on the Seven Figure Culture Facebook group, where we do this live every single Thursday. Uh, but today we're specifically going to be talking about expenses, things you really need to be considering. The first thing I want to bring up, Brian, and then I'll kick it over to you to be talking about some of the hires you have to make. Is the difference between a vanity metric and the actual number that matters? A lot of people are like, "Yeah, I, I want to make, um, you know, I want to make uh, eighty four thousand dollars a month," and it's like, "Okay, is that your revenue or is that your profit?" everyone that we work with the first thing we do is we audit their financial goal what do you want to accomplish financially and obviously in the get more client show we talk a lot about ensuring you have time goals and everything like that we're not here to talk about that today today is money that's what we're here to talk about money making and money distribution and ensuring you understand vanity metrics versus legitimate numbers right so a lot of people come to us and be like i want to make 50k i want to make 100k i want to make 200k a month i want to make a million dollars a year i want to make two million dollars a year we express Okay, is that in revenue or in profit? And most of the time the response to that is, oh my God, I never even considered. I never even thought of the financial constraints of what my company would look like. In fact, so many gurus online are posting about all these unbelievable revenue uh, statistics that get you completely jaded to the idea that if you're making $500,000 a month, you're likely investing 70% of that. Not that making you know one hundred and eighty thousand dollars in profit is in any way bad. It's just not five hundred thousand dollars in profit. So if you're at eighty four thousand dollars a month, our uh, model expectation is this. Now, this comes directly from Adam Rundle from Clever Profits for the perfect PL model. If you guys don't follow Adam, we give him a big shout out. He's the CFO for prospecting on demand. He also does this for a lot of online marketers, uh, coaches, and agency owners. He's an absolute G, has a great company and a great program. He considers the best ideal for a done for you model, an agency, to have a 30% pre tax profit margin. Now, that 30% profit. Okay, means your seventy percent of expenses includes your salary. A lot of agency owners have this process of thinking, oh well, my you know my profit would be better if I don't pay myself. If you want to hire your rollout, a CEO, CMO, COO, whatever your role is, right? You can't in your mind play the game of oh well, if my salary didn't count, I would make. Less money that, that, or make more money that doesn't make any sense, right? What you want to do is include your labor, your labor, and of course, your team's labor. So 70% is going to be labor, it's going to be the uh, investments into your company, all those things actually break down the exact numbers for you here in a second, but really important is trying to get to a golden ratio of having a 30% pre-tax profit margin. So if you're going with 84,000, 30%, right? Do the math yourself, I'm not doing it for you, but you get the idea. This is extremely important that you know, 84K doesn't mean I'm taking home 84K. And I wanted to start with that, Brian.
1: Yeah, no, I, I appreciate that. I love this opening and think again, the misconception I posted this recently in the group, of how you get to a million dollars which is roughly eighty-four thousand dollars a month is how much you actually have to invest back to achieve that so if you feel stuck at a level ask yourself is there a place you're not investing money that you should be is it a place where you're not putting money on ads to acquire more clients you're not buying back your time uh, by hiring some of the appropriate people which we're going to talk about right now but I would ask yourself that question. If you're feeling stuck, where are you not spending money and where are you trying to do it yourself? I love that. Um, money is a powerful tool if you can leverage it in the right way. And I would say the first place to put that would be in a team. Where in the team, my personal opinion, we coach in POD is fulfillment first. You would find someone who can either uh, be doing the actual ads, setting up the landing pages, setting up the campaigns, running those for your clients in a perfect world. That person may be a Project manager or a client manager, as well. They could maybe be groomed to become that. At first, that still might be your role as a project manager, but they are actually in execution. The quickest way to become a freelancer is just doing all of that work yourself and not actually having any back end support. It's amazing how much time you can free up when you don't have to spend multiple hours per day per client and then you reach a cap extremely quickly so I would say the first place to put money would be in fulfillment and in
0: terms of I the love hire. that also because the reality is if you want to make $84,000 that's not a million right it's 84,000 times 12 that gets you to the million how do you times 12 it's not by having 50 clients a month and losing 30 that's not the model if you're hiring someone to ensure you retain your clients you build your business foundation with cement not quicksand not a house of cards which a lot of you unfortunately Mm -hmm. listening to this deal with right a lot of people when we're trying to identify like hey what do you want to know about building a seven-figure company a lot of beginners will be like i want to know how to prospect better and i want to know how to sell better and i want to know how to better offers and how to increase lifetime value all good questions all things that we've discussed many times on the get more client show but for some reason people forget retention the key element is eighty-four thousand dollars recurring recurring i don't know any marketing agency that i've seen that on average makes a million dollars in new sales per month. New sales. I don't see it. So if that's the case, right, then you have to get recurring business. And that's why it's so important to invest into the team that will ensure you retain your business so that you can continue growing on top of the foundation you have. That's the key. And with that being said, I would love to go back here for a second and share the perfect PL number l Okay, good. From good. That. Thank you very much. Because yeah, I wanted to say people
1: before you share that um like to complain like oh i don't have enough money to pay for that person on my team yet it's probably because your pricing is backwards or you're not or you're not charging enough in that we'll get to the number in a second but a certain percentage of what a client pays you needs to be allotted for fulfillment alone and still be a profit margin on top of that not just when i ran my agency by myself it's like it all went into my bank account and felt like my money and i earned more and i spent more versus like paying myself an actual price uh, uh, a number and then reinvesting the money back into the business with the
0: appropriate numbers Alex is going to share right now. So here are the numbers that are recommended. You have 10% of your revenue invested into client acquisition, okay, 10%. So if you make $10,000 a month, it's 1000 If you make $100,000 a month, it's $10,000. You're welcome, I did the simple math for you. Now look, this is the reality, it's, it's pretty unbelievable, especially in the agency space, right? And I'm calling all of you out right now, listen to me here. You are going to chiropractors, dentists, roofers, medical spas, regenerative medicine clinics, gyms, uh, restaurants, everyone under the sun that we've seen as niches, right? You go to them and say, I want you to invest a thousand lowest Two thousand, three thousand, five thousand dollars a month on your own marketing, and yet when you're asked as a marketing agency how much you're investing in your own client acquisition, you are spending a big ass whopping zero. You're asking Brian or myself or the coaches online, "How do I get more clients on LinkedIn? How do I run a Facebook group to get more clients? How do I do cold email? How does cold calling get it to work?" Look. All of these strategies are valuable, but if you are not spending money on client acquisition, if you are not investing in client acquisition, not only are you failing yourself and being able to grow faster, you are being a complete hypocrite. You're telling these businesses to invest in marketing and you're not even doing it yourself. Now also imagine in a sales model, when you do invest that 10% of your revenue into client acquisition, and you run an ad to a med spa saying, I can help you get 30 new patients a month. And then they come onto the call after seeing your ad and saying, how do I know this works? And you say, because I invested in this call by you seeing the ad that you're now here, you're going to pay me and it's going to be the exact same thing. Look at that leverage, understand that proof. It's so incredibly important and valuable. 10% on client acquisition. The next one is fulfillment, which Brian and I were talking about. Now this can vary a bit, right? We actually spend more than what I'm about to tell you on fulfillment, but that's just our business model. And it's a little different. Our business model is a coaching model, not an agency model specifically, but just hear it out. It's 45% is their expected amount. So you're spending 45% of your company's revenue on fulfillment, meaning the team that executes the services. And Brian already shared a couple of those types of people. You're talking about potentially a client success manager, maybe an ISA caller. That would be an individual sales agent or appointment setter, which is the language you want to use. The actual media buyer or multiple media buyers um, uh, an account manager project manager all these are semantical terms that you can have different names for like we have clients that call them account executives or client success manager they're all kind of the same it just depends on what you're looking for specifically and building out your organization chart to identify hey these are the people i need to hire and 45 percent of my revenue is going to go to those people the next two are fixed overhead and variable overhead Adam has them listed out at five percent each. I like to just think about overhead being like your systems, your operations, the, the, those type of things. Ten percent in general gives you a, a good, a, a good, you know, leeway into understanding. And then That's lastly. Like Go ahead. Yeah, exactly. Software. The last like GHL, ClickFunnels, that kind of stuff. And the last one is business development, which is anywhere from 5 to 10%. If it's 10%, then the number that I shared with you would be 105%. But there's wiggle room here, right? It's not perfect. It doesn't have to be exact. We have people that spend 20% of their revenue on client acquisition, 35% on fulfillment, 5% on overhead, and 15% on business development. So there's differencing. Uh, but it's really important that you're investing in business development. Obviously, anyone in our coaching program is investing in their business development and getting returns on it. Brian and I are constantly looking at programs that we can invest in for our team, for ourselves, for our clients to learn more, to support more, because we can't ever rest on our laurels thinking, well, we already earned this. We're really good at marketing. We know how to help our clients. We're perfect in every way. We don't need to reinvest. That's how you get behind the pack. That's how you don't have the ability to grow and learn and build. So that is the 70% total expense margin with a 30% net income. That's our recommendation. Again, you might have an 80-20 month, you might have a 90-10 month, but if you're building for that, it's really important. And just for transparency's sake, Brian is always harping on me to increase our client acquisition budget because even if we were to spend 90% on expenses, right? Where 25% of our revenue is on client acquisition over time, When you get more clients, your expense will automatically dwindle in terms of the percentage because the revenue number has increased. These are the things most people don't talk about. Instead, they're just like, here's how you get more clients and here's how you sell better and have a better offer and all that kind of stuff. And we spent 23 episodes talking about that. It's important to break down these numbers as well. Yeah, for sure. I would say too, if you're in a place, I want to break down some like
1: tangible, practical, like actionable steps those like three different ways to say the same thing i guess tangible Um, actionable actionable. yeah (laughs) perfect i like that name the new show um but something you can walk away with where if you're in a place right now where oh but i i'm making like three five six seven grand a month but i need all that money right and i'm i and i am serving servicing all the clients myself i get it that's fine maybe you're in a place where you do need that money i think what your intention should be is to focus on acquiring clients at a higher price point where you can reinvest the money with the new clients into a back-end better fulfillment system, whether that's white labeled or possibly some help on your team, Definitely. and now start to replace the bad clients who are taking up your time with new clients that you're not doing the fulfillment work for. So you simultaneously replace the revenue while removing yourself from actually being in the weeds doing it. Now, okay. if you have a white label team of some kind and you already sort of doing this but that's not profitable because they're taking a large chunk of your revenue the model is to adapt what they're currently doing to some sort of sop where you can bring it in-house and make your own hire to reduce that those margins and i wanted to also bring up the idea that i know these topics aren't as sexy but this is so important in terms of like how you get to the next level in your business the idea of profit margins and wanting to aim for 30% is great. But what our CFO explained to us is when you're trying to achieve a next level, a next revenue goal in the business, it's okay to have those margins be slimmer by reinvesting back in the team and systems you need right. in order to support the next revenue goal. So we've been chasing this next revenue milestone. And he's saying it's okay to invest more and go closer to 20, 15% on your profit margins to pay the team pay the ads, make the investments necessary to jump to the next level.
0: Brian, I think a lot of agency owners and entrepreneurs like are a bit immature in the idea of understanding their own investments. Like, I don't think a lot of people understand how massive, massive companies literally operate at a loss for several months. Like any like massive startup that has long-term belief in their company, they're operating at loss for six months, a year, two years, five years because they have investors and everything and they have to spend all this money and there's no money coming in. And then suddenly that company turns around and over the next 10 years, they have a crazy surplus. Like their profit is absolutely outrageous and they're making a crazy amount of money. And like, I think the, the best way language to explain is like, entrepreneurs in the age bracket of like 20 to 35, even 40 years old, like they play a really small game and they're nickel and diming. They're playing the but I need to pay my mortgage game. It's like if you don't separate those things, you'll never be legitimately able to grow the company the way you want to and you'll forever stay stuck in the mindset of being a freelancer. The biggest value that I've learned is just a simple statement that it sounds, you know, kind of cliche, but it's also really valuable. It's like scared money doesn't make money. Right? That's just the reality. It's it's that Las Vegas treatment where you bet something that you probably don't have a great chance of winning and then you win and what's your immediate thought? Man, I should have bet more, <laughs> right? That's how everyone's thought process is. Scared money doesn't make money. If Brian and I recommending you go put all your money on seven on the roulette table, Obviously not. That's not what we're saying. But reinvesting back into your business is always an amazing strategy. My financial advisor is always expressing like, hey, there's lots of different strategies we can do to invest. You can invest in stocks and equities and cryptocurrency. You can invest in um, real estate. Lots of different things that you can invest in that have high risk, low risk, medium sized risk. But always the best investment is going to be back into your company because the company is the thing that you have the most control over. It's the thing you understand best. It's the thing that has an unlimited margin potential. And I think a lot of people need to hear this because they forget they are penny pinching on, should I take this loan out? Should I get this credit? Should I really invest $1,000 into this program? What are you thinking? Of course, this is a no brainer, right? And sometimes you have to be slap in face a little bit to make that realization.
1: And i think a big part of that is living out of scarcity and a big mindset shift for me has been instead of looking at month to month look at it quarterly because it really gives you a better sense of where you've been and where um you can potentially go because in my mind month to month you can have a bad month businesses have bad months things happen you travel you get sick something went out of whack you lost a big client but you live month to month and i think it cripples your decision making ability in terms of willingness to make investments that will get you to the place you want to be in six months a year but you're living like you're saying month to month just worry about and i think too if you this is this is a hard reality and people might not want to hear this but if you're in a place where you're living out of scarcity because your business is not generating enough money then you should probably also get something else to subsidize your income it's not fair to think that your business is going to be there as maybe as quickly in your mind as you think it could be. I've seen freak of nature entrepreneurs, they can go from zero, 10K, 30K in a couple of months, right? But the average entrepreneur is going to go through some learning hurdles and go through us, like I like to say, two steps forward, one step back in this process. But I just want to be clear if you're feeling that like you can't make these investments or you just won't, or the money's not there, maybe you need to subsidize the income and. Overlap those things until the business can actually do that, because you're going to be acting on a
0: scarcity otherwise. 100. Let's bring it back to kind of the focus of this call. The focus of this show today is what are the real costs, right? What are the real expenses of running an eighty-four thousand dollar month business? If you are operating at high efficiency, you're probably profiting thirty to maybe forty percent. If you're operating with you're not doing anything, your profitability is probably like ten to twenty percent. Yeah. Now, no one is saying taking eight and a half thousand dollars a month profit home or sixteen thousand or seventeen thousand home is bad by any means. No, no one is saying that. That that's your decision, right? The bigger thing though that Brian and I are trying to identify and explain for you today that's absolutely clear, so important, you have to understand investing back into your business is the fastest way to grow yourself. If you're constantly wondering why you're stuck in the two to 5K model, the five to 10K model, even not being able to break the 20K barrier, you're probably going to every other resource and responsibility as to why it's not working. Oh, I'm not getting the best results and I can't get enough appointments. And The reality is, right, simply put, if you make sure that you have a media buyer that ensures your clients get results, And if you ensure that you are spending money on advertising to book consistent appointments and you're closing them, you'll grow. All the other ancillary things will be important later on, but those two things will ensure your growth. So think about it. How long have you been stuck at your revenue number? How often do I have to reach back out to a client that I had a a lead or a prospect that I'm spoken to and they're like, I'm still stuck at 10K six months later? Why? How much have you invested? Nothing. Oh, I bought a course that didn't do shit. Okay, well, don't buy another course. Get mentorship, get support from a media buyer, invest in advertising, get to the next stage is really the key today. That's really what we're here to discuss. Um, And I think that's key uh, for everyone um, as we go through this Get More Client show. Um, Brian, is there anything else we wanna share? Uh, No, I am good. I think this was an excellent episode. Awesome. Guys, thank you so much, as always, for joining us for the Get More Client Show. You can always find us on YouTube. Our whole show is there as well as clips. We usually post our clips as well on Facebook stories uh, and um, the podcasts are on your favorite podcast apps like Apple and Spotify and all that jazz. If you enjoyed them, hit that like or love button for us wherever you're at. Hit that subscribe button and we will be back here live in our Facebook group every single week Thursday for you. Thank you so much for joining us and we'll see you on the next one. See you, Pam.